Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast, sponsored by sales enablement platform provider, Mediafly. Our mission, that is to provide you with the independent insights, community advice, and tools to guide your sales enablement journey and fuel your professional evolution. My guest today is Caroline Tien Spaulding. She is the Chief Marketing Officer for Aptology. Prior to her current role, Caroline was the Chief Marketing Officer for Symphony AI, Head of Product and Marketing for Saffron AI, an Intel company, and General Manager at ArcSoft. Welcome, Caroline Tien Spaulding. Hi, thanks for having me. Awesome to have you as well. First, um, folks might not be familiar with Aptology. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and your role there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as leaders, we all see this problem uh, where you're looking for a role and it's really difficult to find one. And then you're trying to grow the company and finding people is really difficult. And I've always found it fascinating that in a marketplace like that, both problems could coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is that? Um, and I think it goes into the larger trend that we're seeing uh, in companies that, you know, the 2021 top priority for CEOs is data-driven decisions. And I think data is starting to really permeate the company. Um, and so that's starting to really make its way into people decisions. And I think we're realizing that we don't have all the data that we need on the company side or on the people side in order to make um, the best informed decision that we can. Um, certainly we see biases you know, seep through uh, and it's not by design, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unintentional. People really want to get high performers, but it starts with people not being able to understand, you know, what does it take to be successful in the role? Yeah. So we help leaders with that. Um, and even when you look at sales alone, last year, according to, I think HubSpot, 40% of sales leaders uh, did not meet their revenue goals. And according to Gardner, 6% of chief sales officers in 2021 think they're going to meet their goals, um, you know, a month and a half, two months into the year. So I think data is going to take a, to really play a really big role. We're one piece of that. We're not all of the answer, but we help illuminate the people side, understand the behaviors that drive uh, success in your company so that you can coach, develop, hire to it. Yeah, awesome. And you're right, especially on the sales side of the equation, it's so hard to find the right sellers that meet the performance criteria you need. Understanding what that performance criteria even is, is hard for um, a manager to articulate. And then getting the salespeople that match that success criteria, also equally difficult. And you do it uh, not only on the recruiting side, but also on the coaching and the management side, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're really lucky to have really great companies that we work with, partner with to really help with their uh, coaching and development. We have some companies where they start uh, understanding the behaviors of their SDRs or their mm-hmm. feeder roles like inside sales to help guide what next group would be their best fit for them. Uh, so we really work with people who want um, long-term employees. And it's interesting because you do see those two trends sort of colliding on one hand, Uh, SDRs and A's are commanding higher and higher salaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the OTE for NAE right now is around $115,000. If if it goes all the way to the VP, you get to 200, 220,000. On SDRs as well, um, you know, you see the rise of of the salaries and the split with commission as well. But tenure 
is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Whereas DRs, you know, maybe five years ago used to stay three plus years, only 6% make it that long now. Um, The average tenure is about 18 months. So, you know, you have a rising investment and a falling tenure. And so you're compressed in terms of how do you find the right people and how do you make them productive and knowing that SDRs really evolve 90% of the time into AE roles, how do you make sure you progress them so that you're not training your competitors' AEs, for example? Yeah. Right? It's true in the AE world as well. well. So now you are the chief marketing officer for the company and you have to help- Don't hold it against me, okay? (laughs) You have to help your sales succeed. You have to help your marketing perform. What, so- you know, now that we're post-crisis, how have you seen buyers change, your buyers of the Aptology solution? How have you seen them change and evolve through the crisis? I think there's this macro trend that's been accelerated with a year of working either remote or hybrid. Mm -hmm. And the macro trend is, you know, there used to be a separation of Sunday night and Monday morning. So the consumer um, experience and the buying experience in enterprise and it was starting to get chipped away at, I think, right before COVID hit, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly has been accelerated now that we don't know what day or time it is, <laughs> right? Everything's starting to blend when you work from home more. Um, so we're seeing a, an acceleration of the B2C experience. So what does that mean? That means self-serve. I think you have uh, buyers who are more and more uh, educated on their own needs, on their own timing, on their own journey. Um, and they want answers faster, just to be blunt. And they don't really care that it comes from marketing or sales. <laughs> exactly. um, they, want, they want answers when they need them and specific um, points of the journey. So there's a lot more self-discovery. And I think that's where you're seeing the rise of um, the Yelp equivalent in B2B, right? There's mm-hmm. a few trust radius is great. Uh, there's G2, G2 Crowd, G2 which is now Crowd. G2, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so within that, I think you have, as a marketing and sales team, you're becoming more and more one. If you weren't one before, mm-hmm. you have to because you need to provide a consistent experience that is catering to the self pace. And um, you need the data to be able to drive those decisions in terms of what do you do next? And that's why I think sales and platforms, for example, will need to provide visibility in, into content consumption uh, for both marketing and sales. What do I mean by that? It's okay, well, it, that's that's great, Caroline. You're going to put content out there. So how do you know what works, yeah, right? Exactly. How do you know what works? Don't we all want to know the answer to that question? I think we, we need to have the tools that provide us that visibility. Um, and what we did, you know, I started on gating content a couple of years ago. And uh, the very first, uh, you know, bunch of them that I ungated, I was, you know, the excited marketer, you know, you, you get the research, you get the uh, email feedback content, feedback from the sellers, you make this ebook, uh, you even make this infographic and you're excited and you're like, you release it in the world, your baby's alive. <laughs> and then you wait for someone to take a look at it. And when it was gated, you could say, oh, you know, maybe the gate is too high. That's why some content, I'm not getting a whole lot of emails. Well, when you ungate, what happens is um, you get to know if your baby's ugly. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> what I found out was that there were at least a few pieces of content that no one came to visit at all, at all, gated, ungated or not, yeah. offered free or for pay. 
Um, so I think you'll see a rise of that, definitely. The visibility into, okay, for real, do you know, off the record between like you and me, the prospect that's anonymous and me, the marketer and, and seller on the other side. Do you really care about this? No? no? Okay, you don't. Okay, I, I'll make something else. I'll make something else. So I think that's a big trend, data-driven decisions and visibility. Definitely. Now on the sales side, um, obviously the buyers have changed for them as well. Uh, customers they were able to meet in person and do those in-person presentations, that's changed. Talk about how you've helped your sellers transition to this new, maybe shorter attention span virtual meeting environment, and then um, how you're helping them to engage even after the meeting, which I think has become um, very important as well. Yeah, so what we're seeing at a macro level, so, you know, we have millions of data points on sellers and what's driving quota um, mm -hmm. in SMB and enterprise. And what's interesting is there's definitely a shift in the behaviors that seem to have an impact. Um, they're not all the same. Obviously, it's different by company, by industry. Uh, but without the wine and diners, I think uh, the ability to read the room in a different way, read the mm -hmm. room over Zoom, read the Zoom. Is that a new thing? Are we making a read new thing Zoom? right now, Tom? I think so. I think you just coined that. Read the Zoom. All right. <laughs> the ability to read the Zoom. Instead um, of room, it, Zoom. Yeah. I, I get it, Carolyn. Good. Uh, so the ability to read <laughs> the Zoom is, is really rising. So the, uh, the behaviors that are really driving um, the sale are, are different. And I think there's less, um, I think, space for transactional, even though people are asking very pointed questions, there's definitely an art to building relationships. So reading yeah. the Zoom, I'm going to repeat this until it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? I'll help you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, how disciplined you are in the follow-up. It's now a lot of threads. You know, you don't you don't necessarily have that longer exposure to the person. It might be an hour where before it could have you could have taken them out to coffee also, or also see the, them at a trade show for an extended period of time. You don't really have these longer um, experiences with your prospects. They tend to be shorter, and so you have to be able to connect within that shorter attention span. And the follow-ups are much more critical. I mean, it's not that they were never critical. They're always critical. But the right follow-up and understanding what works, again, the data-driven decision on that. Uh, do you have somebody who's disciplined enough to keep um, following up? We're seeing that uh, an enterprise takes 14, 19 meetings to actually get to a sale and uh, yeah. growing possibly, <laughs> ironically enough. Um, you need to be able to have the discipline to follow up and the ability to connect on what is a, you know, it's, it's just a different format, different medium to be able to make a connection with someone. Yeah, I think the discipline in the in the Zoom is important. Um, making sure that you're not just showing up and throwing up. <laughs> You'll see a lot That's of, a you know, a lot of sellers do. Uh, you know, they need to fill the space. They need to fill the room with something. So, well, there's the PowerPoint. Let me go through it. And it becomes what? a non-collaborative interaction. <laughs> PowerPoints are everything. No, uh, you, you, you can quote Caroline. You yeah. know, marketers are not pro PowerPoint. We're not pro PowerPoint. I'm going to say this again. We are there not you go. pro PowerPoint. Because I know a lot of sellers would think that you are because we've yeah. seen, oh gosh, some of the size of the decks that have grown uh, through the crisis. 
like they're being paid by the page or by the pound for the PowerPoints. It's uh, the Dickens a, era, four, by the word. A, yeah, 470 page deck I saw the other day that one marketing group had created for their team. Could you imagine? The only one that I that? know, there's only one that I know that's successful and it's the, it's Mary's internet of things state. I think that's the only PowerPoint in existence that is allowed to be that long. <laughs> that's crazy, right? So, you know, the discipline, I think of the marketer to produce content that will work in the meeting um, so that it's personalized, interactive, hierarchical, maybe kind of choose your own adventure. Uh, oriented, I think is important. And then you mentioned two really important discipline after the Zoom, uh, because we're seeing that the meeting is only the tip of the iceberg of um, the sales process that the buyer has to go through, because there's all these other stakeholders that they engage with after the meeting that they have to educate and champion the purchase through within the organization. So it becomes really important uh, to have um, the ability to easily share content to help the mobilizer or the champion fuel the conversation within the company and to make it easy for them to share the content in this almost joint collaborative decision that gets made between you as the company, the buyer committee, and then the broad committee of all the stakeholders that are involved in the decision. That is really interesting. I think, you know, to the uh, marketing equivalent of no one cares about your content, I think uh, we used to think of, you know, on the sales side, I started in sales, that the meeting was like the pinnacle, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to gear up, I'm going to do all this research, I'm going to have this super customized content, then I'll have all the clouds part, I have the <laughs> meeting, you know, I have like this backdrop. And exactly. then from the prospect side, it looks so different. It's almost like an alternative reality of, the meeting is an obstacle to what I really want. How fast can I really get through this to get to what I want? And these things are having to converge. I mean, people yeah. who are able to align both, which means understanding the intent, um, being able to correctly personalize and address the where you are in the journey, right? Right time, right message to the right mm -hmm. person, you know, to transform the obstacle into a building block, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of tripping over it, you're able to build on it. Um, that is going to be critical. So, you know, it's the fork in the road, right? In terms yeah. of, do you, is it a win, you know, or a loss? You know, it's closed either way. Is it a win or a loss? Um, so I think reviewing the meeting and the purpose, that discipline of under, and understanding of the prospect and where they are. Um, and again, using data to do that, not just a gut feeling, which is, you know, that's all we had for a long time, experience, yeah. the ability to go through hundreds of meetings and getting coached through them with very harsh feedback of a no and not always knowing why, um, that is changing. Yeah, now you can share a content in a hub, uh, make it a collaborative hub so that you're contributing to it, the customer's contributing to it. Um, you can have the um, content visibility that you know exactly if the content's being consumed or not, the exact pages that they're looking at in the content, who they're sharing it with and what they're doing with that content as well. And then to me, the whole concept of just a hub where you're kind of sharing all of the content that you think the buyer needs to help make their decision. I think that's an important new concept as well, because we're moving from selling and convincing someone to do something different, where neuroscience proves that you can never really convince someone to do anything different. Instead now to being what we should have been in the beginning, which is helpers. Mm -hmm. We're there to be the concierge, not to 
convince them to do something different, but to provide the options, to distill those options down to the best ones that they should be taking to provide advice and insight. Uh, but to be kind of a, a guide, a sherper, a concierge, as opposed to a seller. Yeah, I think the the relationship expectations are are evolving for sure. Uh, yeah. From I have to go through this to uh, the role of the seller in helping make sense of the content that's out there. There there is a lot out in the wild, and the ability to, for a trusted partnership to happen and say, look, I might not be the best person for you, right? Like, the apology were about behavior. I might not be the best person for you. We're not all of your answers. I'm not, I do not have a magic wand yeah. to tell you this is absolutely, you know, this is going to solve all of the world's problem in sales. It won't, um, but it's insights that you didn't have before on your people. And same thing, I think, are there insight that I can provide in terms of, I know all this stuff uh, about, my company, the marketplace we operate in, the trends, how people are using us. You don't know that, right? Like I I can share what they're doing and what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, yeah, and hopefully that aligns. But if it doesn't, like what you're That's saying, nice. don't overpromise on anything. You know, kind of um, Todd Capone, um, the transparency sale, he's great at um, communicating this, but he's like, embrace your flaws, your flossomeness. <laughs> and I think he's spot on with it, right? Where it's like, you know, don't say you can do everything, deliver anything, everything, be everything to everybody. Um, so I think that's number one. And then the second thing you mentioned that's really important is sense making. We're in an environment where we're under amygdala overload and we already have fear, uncertainty, doubt that's freezing us in place. Um, and all of this information being thrown at us and content that's constantly uh, in, encroaching on our world, we need the people that are able to clear that through, part the waters, and show us the way, right? And make Moses. sense of it all. Not the Where's ones, the yeah, like Moses, not the ones that are exactly. And you see the tidal wave going. I'm thinking of Charlton Heston. Do you remember the old Charlton Heston movie? Um, you know, who's going to make sense of it all for us are the ones that win, not the ones that have convinced us to do something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you need that feedback loop, right? I think that's the the name of the game is putting different pieces of content that you understand, you know, at a much more micro level now, not just which pieces, but which pieces when and which sub pieces so that you can, maybe it's okay to start with 30 slides. Okay, and I said, maybe, and do not just truncate <laughs> what I just said. Maybe as long as you're able to know eventually what are the key things that matter to your prospect and delete the rest. Yeah, uh, there's and get it very, down to five. Yeah, yeah, get it down to five. I mean, there's a very famous uh, story about Steve Jobs uh, when he came back to Apple, um, or was it right before he got fired? His main pride was like, I, I, to let, this week I deleted 10,000 lines of code. Yeah. It wasn't about adding more and more and more. It was how yeah. he did do that I with the product line. Down? He simplified yeah. the product line down to just a simple, I think it was a three by three matrix of here's the only products we're going to deliver. Forget about the thousands. And I can remember the exact opposite. I walked into a networking company one day. And literally the gentleman that I was meeting with, who was the VP of marketing, pulled out this map of their products and then started to unfold it and unfolded it some more and unfolded it. And literally it was like enormous. It covered the entire table and that was their solution set. And all I'm thinking is how Steve Jobs was able to distill Apple 
and the market cap of, of Apple down to a three by three matrix of personal computers that could deliver everything that anyone could ever want. And here's this other company that's the exact opposite approach. That's And I think we're touching on something here, right? I think there's this evolution of like more, 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 because in the unknown, when you don't know your, it's, it's not spaghetti on the wall, but it's spaghetti on the wall. Just yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but then it's, how do you get to know what works? And this new era of data is about really cutting through what matters. Yeah. Um, so in, in our world, right, in the optology world, it's you used to have all this, you have call recordings, you have activity tracking, you have clicks, you have opens, you have meetings, you have the next thing. One of the key pieces of data that matters, you don't have, which behaviors actually move the needle, yeah. right? So it's getting to the key metrics. Do you know what that is? And in enablement, it's what are the key pieces when and which subsets of them for whom? Yeah. And the closer you are to those answers, which is a process, you start with more, but then your next job is cutting and cutting mm -hmm. and cutting and distilling until you get to the core, you really save time, you answer, you anticipate, it looks like magic, because it looks like you're anticipating prospects problems, mm -hmm. not that you're anticipating them, you've just seen it a bunch of time, and yeah, you're able you to know, know that's the, the data. Yeah. They're going to go through, so you're anticipating, yeah. I mean, if you work in psychology, it's the same, like, how do you know what's in my head? Oh my God, that's freaky. Well, because, you know, that's well understood by now. And yeah. our brains if, are wired a certain way and every sales process and decision is wired a certain way. And if you see enough of them, you should be able to anticipate what that next piece of content is, that security review document and the request for it shouldn't come as a surprise. In fact, you should provide it to me when I reach this stage in the decision-making yeah. process because you know IT is going to ask for it, <laughs> right? Let me save you some time. You're probably going to be asked this. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's that simple. And I think you're right in terms of the skill today for a good sales enablement and a marketing professional is editing and curating to me is, and doing it on a data-driven basis. So it's not just that you're, a genius like Steve Jobs who just innately got it and understood what we wanted before we even knew we wanted it. I mean, maybe he was a data scientist in the background and we all didn't know it and it didn't come out in the, uh, in the bio. Um, but, uh, you know, the ability to use data to become an intelligent editor and a curator, I think is the skill that takes us forward over the next 12 months. What do you think? I agree. I mean, very clearly write content, write, person, right place, you'll need data to do that. There's longer the days where you're asked to do all of that by yourself um, based on only your experience and only your Excel spreadsheet and your poor fingers that are tired. I think yeah. tools and are, we can are here to help. Only to be that, that intuitive. <laughs> yes. so, Caroline, what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the evolvers with today? I think when you think about uh, your prospect and their journey, think about the data that matters. I think there's really two or three key uh, pieces of data and that focus is really what's going to help you cut through the noise and win in the marketplace. It's easier said than done, um, but that focus on what are the key metrics, you know, what are the key dimensions and simplifying from there uh, is the guiding principle for for the next 12 months. Yeah, and more is not more. And even though you might think that that baby is beautiful that you just produced, it might be ugly, stunning. <laughs> yeah. And in peace, uh, poor baby. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe time to edit and curate that off. Caroline, an absolute pleasure. How can folks find and reach you online? 
Uh, on LinkedIn primarily, I think uh, it'll be listed uh, here. And um, find me on, on articles. I usually post and respond to comments. Caroline, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today and make the Evolvers a great and growing community. Thank you so much. Evolvers, keep evolving.